0: We've only had four game weeks and so much has already changed in the land of FPL so today I'm taking you through a wildcard draft we're going to have a look at generally the players I think you should be looking to target so even if you're not on wildcard this is what the team is I think you should be building towards over the next few weeks. What is up everyone welcome back to another video FPL Harry here today we are having a look at a game week 4 wildcard draft something that's been requested quite a lot on the channel to be honest I don't imagine loads of you are actually considering or going to be activating your wildcard but if you are here is a squad that I think you should be looking at let me know in the comments if you're 75% have you activated your wildcard where do you sit on activating the chip before we dive in 1000 likes on the video is always the aim subscribe now if you have not already as well but we're going to dive in. One of the big reasons people want to play their wild card this week is both their goalkeeper and it is also the fixture swing that Newcastle have coming up. We have Nick Pope in goal as my number one. Looking at the Newcastle fixture between now and about game week 19 at Christmas, The Newcastle features are so good, you can set and forget Nick Pope. Now, Newcastle have not started the season particularly well defensively in terms of clean sheets, but their underlying data does still mean that I think they are a good pick going forward. Pope at 5.5 might be a little bit more expensive, but because I think he's a good keeper just to play every single game between now and Christmas pretty much, he is, I'm happy to pay that price for him. Now, to go alongside him, I have picked Ariola as the best backup. There is a very small chance, although I don't think it will happen, and Turner's in my own team, there is a chance that their new Greek goalkeeper might come in and be number one choice at Nottingham Forest. However, I'm pretty certain Ariola is going to keep the position given how well he has started the season. So he's 4.1. He can play some weeks depending on the fixture he has, but generally, it will be Pope playing every single week. Moving into defence now, and we've gone... With a lot of mid-priced options, the expensive options that we have in here is Kieran Trippier. I do think with the Newcastle fixture run that he is going to get back to his best. He is still creating a lot of chances. He is still on a lot of set pieces as well. So I do think that 6.5 million is a price that is worth paying for him. If you don't have the money in the bank or you want to upgrade elsewhere, I do still like Fabian Schar at 5 million and Botman at 4.5 million. In my team, because I don't have the flexibility of what you get on a wild card. I'm considering actually going with Schar and Botman and not going with Trippier because I don't quite have the funds, but if I was a wildcard, I think I'd find a way to get Trippier in. Looking elsewhere in defence, the next most expensive is Purvis' Stupanan of off Brighton. The Brighton fixtures don't look that great, but his attacking threat means I do still want to hold him because I think he's a good long term hold. With the squad depth you have in defence in this draft, it allows you to bench a for the majority of the upcoming game week. You can play him in game week six when he does have Bournemouth at home, but apart from that, he's a great hold and he is so attacking and still one of the best defenders in the game. Then the three cheap options that we've got in here. We've gone with Rico Henry of Brentford. Still really impressed with them. Plus, I really like how Rico Henry gets up that left-hand side, the attacking threat that he does have. All three of these cheap options are good defences, but they also have a lot of attacking potential to go with them. We've seen that with Matty Cash, 4.6 million at Aston Villa, playing right mid in some of their games over some of their starting midfielders in the likes of Leon Bailey, who's actually been on the bench. The only concern with Matty Cash is when Europe does start, when they do play in the Europa Conference League, is there going to be a little bit of rotation for him. But even at 4.6, I think it's worth taking on the gamble on him. And the final cheap defender we've got is Udogi of Spurs, 4.7 million. He has risen in price, but I do still think it's worth Going on him. The Spurs fixture in game week five is really nice, Sheffield United at home. Then they have two red difficult fixtures where you can happily bench him. Then in game week eight onwards, the run for Spurs looks so, so nice. And having a triple up on Spurs, spoiler, a triple up on Spurs is definitely worth it if you are wildcarding this week. So we have Pope. There's a bit more money spent in the defense. But of course, there's not really any of those premium assets apart from maybe Trippier in here. So I do think it is worth going with this. And it sets you up really well that I don't think you'll need to make a transfer on your defense unless there's an injury until about game week 15 or so. Moving into midfield, now this is where you can maybe be a little bit more aggressive because you don't need your transfers on goal or in the defensive part of your team. We have dropped all Arsenal midfielders, but we'll talk about why in just a moment. Diaby and the Aston Villa team look really great. I haven't got Oli Watkins in here. I think Diaby at a cheaper price offers a great alternative to him and the fixtures coming up look really, really nice, particularly as I said with Matty Cash from Game Week 8. The fixtures start to swing really nicely. Of course, he's partnered with a second mid-price midfielder in Brian and Mbwemo, for me, the best asset, the most value asset in the game at the moment. He has to be in your wildcard draft. Yes, they play Newcastle this week, so that's a little bit of an annoying fixture. But after that, it's Nottingham Forest and Everton. And generally, I think he's a great hold. He's top for non-pen expected goals so far this season of any player. Plus, he's on penalties as well. His attacking output for the amount he costs is crazy, crazy good. We do keep Bruno Fernandes in here. You do have a little bit in the bank, so if you wanted to go Marcus Rashford over Bruno Fernandes, you can. It's a pretty close decision between Marcus Rashford and Fernandes, but I do think in the easier games that they have coming up, he will play further forward. In the game against Arsenal, Rashford was the better asset because Bruno Fernandes was forced to play a little bit deeper. However, going into these fixtures they do have coming up, including Brighton at home in Game Week 5, I expect Fernandes to be playing further forward. And then we have James Madison and Huminson to compete the Spurs triple up. Spurs look great and they've looked great for every single game so far this season. Madison is always involved in the things they do. He is getting far forward. In some of the difficult games they have coming up, he might play a bit deeper. But generally, I think he's the best asset at his price. And then Son. I do think Son is going to continue playing up front for Spurs going into the next few weeks and onwards throughout the season. Richarlison just hasn't simply been good enough for them. Plus, they have Brennan Johnson coming in now, who I think will play on the left-hand side and compete with Manu Solomon, while we also have Kulusevski on that right-hand side. Son might come off after 70 minutes for Richarlison as we saw in that game or he might go out on the wing where he's much less effective but I do still think he's going to continue the rest of the season playing up front with their run of fixtures plus he's likely to be on penalties as well nine million for him given the form he can produce when he is playing up front is a great asset I do need to caveat though if he goes out on the wing again he'll be an awful asset and we'll be selling him very quickly but I don't think that is going to happen and then up front, so we do have Arsenal cover in this team and we've restructured things a little bit. When I built this draft initially, I had Watkins in here and I had Saka and I didn't have the money for Trippier. But then I realised I could upgrade Bottman to Trippier if I just swap Bakai Saka and Oli Watkins to Gabriel Jesus and Diaby, which arguably are naturally actually better picks anyway. Archer has to be the cheap options. He's starting for Sheffield United. He won't get into the starting 11 of your team very often, if ever, to be honest, looking at this draft. But it allows you to have a really strong bench option from a starting striker at a team that actually look like they can score some goals and Archer looks like he's definitely going to be involved so for me he's essential if you're wildcarding. and up front of course we have Erling Haaland the fixtures do turn a little bit in a few weeks from Man City but it's Erling Haaland he's not going anywhere and the final one returning from injury Gabriel Jesus he scored against Manchester United in game week four he looks back to his best really impressed with him and I do think he is a much much better option than any of the others like Havertz or Nketiah playing up front for Arsenal so I do think Gabriel Jesus will keep his place in that Arsenal team going forward. Now, looking at the team for this week, you would probably bench Pervis Stupinan, and then you'd probably bench Rico Henry as well. So you'd be playing Trippier, Udoggi, Matty Cash in defence for their nice fixtures. You'd be playing your five-man midfield and you'd be benching, of course, Archer up front. You'd probably end up playing Nick Pope in goal because Areola does have that fixture against Manchester City. So... This is a ideal or a thought of what a wildcard draft would look like. I think it's really strong. I don't think there's actually that much unless your team was really weak going into the first few weeks and you've had a really unlucky few weeks in terms of injuries, potentially going on too many Chelsea assets as well. You'll notice there is no Chelsea in this draft. Just because their form they are showing, I don't really think it's worth it. The other ones, there's no Liverpool in here as well. Still not sure exactly who's going to start in that front three alongside Mo Salah. If I knew Darwin was going to start, if I knew Diaz was going to start or Jota or Gabriel. Is going to start every week then great. Salah is a good asset but he's not exploding enough. I will reconsider going for him in game week nine when their fixtures start to look a little bit better. Same with Trent but right now I don't think it's worth compromising the 15-man squad that I've put together here in order to go and bring in any Chelsea assets or in order to go and bring in any Liverpool assets. The final ones you might want more of are Manchester City. Defensively I don't think their rotation in their defence is worth trying to get because of how much they rotate and actually how little attacking threat their defenders have. In midfield Phil Foden is isn't explosive enough at the moment he isn't nailed enough with the Champions League coming up as well to try and displace any of these midfielders the only one you could go with potentially is Julian Alvarez over Gabriel Jesus but I do like the upcoming features for Arsenal and I feel like Jesus is more nailed than Alvarez is at the moment So that's the 15-man squad and a little bit of an explanation of some of the players that I've missed. I'm sure you're going to question me about them in the comment section down below. Again, it is the international break, but we are slowly creeping closer to the start of game week five again and FPL being back on our minds every single week. If you're wildcarding, I hope you like the squad. If you're not wildcarding, I hope it's a food for thought about what you should do with your team as well. Like the video if you haven't already as well. Drop any questions you have about your team in the comment section down below. I'll do my best to answer all of them before the game week five deadline, as I always do trying to get through. All of your comments recently has been tough, but I'll do my best, particularly those ones who are left by the notification squad as well. Like the video if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel as well. Thank you so much for watching and I'll be back again very soon.